From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Thursday morning edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio Today, Ole Miss, for, uh, hopefully for at least until the season starts, so we're not having to deal with it. They have completed their coaching staff, it seems like, uh, hiring a linebackers coach last night. Uh, Neil first missioning him sometime yesterday afternoon, something like that, 2, 3 o'clock, uh, somewhere in there. I think he's starting work, maybe even last night, getting into town. So uh, Maurice Crum, he was at Western Kentucky. We'll talk about him a little bit. Baseball a day away, maybe some basketball stuff, some basketball games last night, um, a Matt Corral story that's on our board, got some takes on that, and uh, and more. So those things coming up on today's show, a show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Lunch specials, five sixty nine, two sides, bread, 32-ounce drinks. Remember, we uh, talked about the Super Bowl, but ribs, chicken, a lot of different options there. Let them take care of your weekend. Maybe you got a party, maybe you got people coming over, maybe you just want to hey, get some barbecue without having to cook it. Let the Oxford Exxon or all Blue Sky locations help you out with that. Again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford is in uh, Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. 662-257-1900. Call that number. Um, ask for a, a quote on the Ford product you're interested in. Corey will send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. Or uh, you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll love the service. Uh, Corey wants to be a car guy. He wants to be a truck guy. I'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guest, join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. We'll have a couple of guests for a show later today that we'll be telling you about. Um, Rafters, great place to grab a burger, po' boy appetizers, great beer selection, full bar, and more there at Rafters on the Square in Oxford and also Rafters, New Albany. So, um, as you mentioned, stuff coming up on um, the podcast, including the uh, the debut episode of the Peyton Chatagnier Show, that uh, coming up on MPW Digital, being the YouTube feed, you can search Rubble Grove, get that. If you just hit the bell, we would always appreciate the bell. The bell typically works, and that will take you right to it, and they'll give you a notification when it pops up. So, just a little... Uh, Little heads up there. The belt does uh, usually work. It's like ninety five percent. There's a day occasionally, but yeah. for the most part, the bell's good. So subscribe, like, hit the bell, all those different things. I mean, we we never ever tell you guys to uh, like rate and review the podcast or whatever. At this point, at this point, you either do or you don't. I yeah. don't really care. It doesn't do much for us. A lot of people really like kind of get off on that and like it, but it doesn't. I, I, I don't care what you do with that. I did not uh, to answer someone in the thread. Ryan Marshall wants to know if I tweeted it. I did not tweet it. He did not tweet I, it. I did not tweet it. I had heard earlier in the day that a coach had been hired. Okay. I didn't know a name. And I was in the gym with Carson, my son, Yep. at about 350. Mm-hmm. And I heard a name. And um, I ran that name by a couple people, and their answers were fishy. And so I just posted on the board that I tried to water it down. And I, I think that's just the old school journalist in me. Um, I probably could have just gone with it. Sure. Because these days you can just go with it and be wrong. And it doesn't really matter. And no one cares. No. Because, well, f- 
fans who like you don't care. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're just doing like rec- anything, coaching, recruiting, anything, you can just throw it out there, and then if it doesn't come to fruition, you can go, well, it changed. And most of the people go, well, I like you. You're one of us. That's cool. I, I just I don't I don't know how to go there. I don't know how to get there. So I just said this is a name that I've heard, and then he's hired like. An then, hour later. And then it happened. Yeah. Because it's not official until Matt Zenit says it's official. And so um, I just came back and was like, yeah, it's, it, it's done. And he got here last night. and People are still playing the I can't comment officially game. I mean, it's fine. It's it's done. He's on the staff. Okay. So but I didn't tweet it. And I don't know that I'm – I don't tweet much anymore. Like I barely – I tweet like once every two days now. Okay. I pretty much don't tweet. But I don't – it doesn't matter. Like – Getting the whole credit thing, it just doesn't. It probably should matter to me more than it does, but it doesn't. Not paying you. It's not, and and no, yeah, no. So, uh, Crum been at two stops as far as an on the field assistant. Um, he had a really good career at Notre Dame as a player, and then his on the field. He was at Kansas for a little while. Was that under Weiss? Was that the connection there? I don't know. It was kind of in that same time frame. So I, my hunch is that it was under Weiss. My guess is yes. Um, so he was the linebackers coach at uh, Indiana State, or maybe the cornerbacks coach in Indiana State in 2016. And then he's been at Western Kentucky since 2017. Um, he was the co-DC in 2020, the DC by, by himself in 2021 for the Hilltoppers. So that is what Ole Miss is getting. They hired him. They had uh, Jeremy Springer in as special teams coordinator in the last few days. So as of now, that is uh, the staff is, is is done and probably will be now until who knows. But we'll be hope. until the ball. Yes. Also yesterday, um, Ole Miss adding uh, Seth Dagey, former Texas Tech quarterback, USC analyst, um, as an analyst here. Um, Neil believes it could help with the special team situation should they go that route. Yes, you believe that to be accurate. I, I do. Believe there's you very strongly believe that to be accurate. I just believe there's some accuracy there. Okay, I need to tweet it. I suppose you should. Hey, Seth Daggy's really going to help with so yeah. so so. so, so. Just no. I did. I, I did do the work because I had no idea how to pronounce that that dude's name this morning, and I went to I went and found YouTube videos to make sure I pronounced it right because I really thought it was Dodge when I woke up this morning. I thought it was Seth Dodge when I woke up, and I went, "Hey, you for know what? Some reason, let's just check this just in case." For some reason, so, that name had stuck in the back of my really? mind somewhere, and I I, I knew it was Daggy. Okay, somehow. Well, you and Texas Tech quarterbacks, DJ yeah. Simmons, Graham Harrell. We're, I mean, we're all close. I. Had you told the fan base, hey, Kiffin's going to hire a former Texas Tech quarterback like four months ago, they thought Graham Harrell is the OC. Oh, they would have thought that for sure. That thing is done. Where did Harrell he, end up? Uh, West Virginia? Yeah, that was the that was the school on top of my head, but I was a little scared of being wrong right there. He kind of had a weird year, Harrell did. He went from being like the hottest. Oh, he was the dude there Hottest for name to eh, that air raid thingy. People question, can you win big-time football run in the air raid? That air raid, mm-hmm. you know? And, that mm, air raid. Yeah. 
Jeffrey Parrott asking if I have an issue with Carmichael as the OC with the Saints. Now I, I thought that was going to happen. I, I fully expected that to, that that to be the case. Kyle Wilson, thank you for the super chat. He says, "What do you think about the city of Tuscaloosa versus UA, meaning the University of Alabama? Obviously, on alcohol sales, it's a nasty debate here. I have not really kept up with it. Yeah, what's the deal? But um, well, so Alabama is announcing that they're going to sell beer, and you know, well, they didn't last year, did they? No." I forgot that. So, like beer and seltzers and yeah, such yeah. at games, and yeah. the you know, the city of Tuscaloosa wants to put this massive tax on it because they're saying it's going to create problems that they will have to police. And Alabama's pushing back, going, "Hold up, you do realize that the only reason anybody knows the word Tuscaloosa is because of us, right? You you realize we've created so much revenue." Hold on a second, though. It, it, this is kind of this goes back to Pete getting arrested a few weeks ago. Just in general. Everybody's assumptions are maybe as inaccurate on this one thing as much as they could potentially be in a situation like this because I would do it logically, too, if I didn't understand the dynamics a little bit. Given the success of the Alabama football program and everything else and it not being a huge place and most SEC towns kind of do this to some extent, that's that university and that town and that police department, they fight like hell. Maybe more than you would typically see in that type of coexisting situation. It's weird. Like, what, what causes it? I, I don't know why there's so much acrimony. They're always pissed off about something. Well, Tuscaloosa has issues in and of itself sure. because of geography. They're sitting on I-20, which is a major drug corridor, which creates problems. Okay. So maybe they're just in a bad mood. Okay. And it's I, just something else. And obviously game day at Alabama. Stressful as all hell. A hundred and some odd thousand people crammed into the town that yeah, wasn't sure. built for that. So maybe it's just all that kind of thing. I, I don't I don't know. I, it, Here's the truth, though, about these things. They don't really want to fix the problem. Ever. Well, Not if, really. If anything. They cut down on some of the other crap. Beer sales reduce the amount of yes. drinking outside of the. It, it, uh, it makes the stadium less drunk. Yes. That's uh, the yeah, as Ginger said, they assume that them not selling alcohol means no one has previously been drinking at football games. It, it is the most asinine take imaginable. Well, it, it's the whole thing of now you get people that are like, okay, instead of sneaking this flask of whiskey into the stadium, I'll just buy a beer. Yes. Well, the beer. You can only have so, with these lines, you can only have so many beers over the course of the game. And the beer is less intoxicating than the whiskey just poured straight down your gullet. Yeah. Kyle, oh, I didn't know that. Kyle points out with the, another super chat. Thank you, Kyle. He says the city already gets 3% of all ticket sales. I didn't know that. Let me think about that. Is that a thing here? Is there a percentage? These are things that I don't know the answers to. It would be a good question to ask. Okay. Go ahead. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know that. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, just crazy. Anyway, I, I don't really have a ton more on that, but I found it interesting. Did you see the NFL Films video of Burrow introducing himself yes. to the Rams yesterday? Yes. It had a little bit of an Andrew Luck feel to it, but I found it... Just polite and really funny. Like it was, it was, it was. Any level of it, gamesmanship, I, I love, I love or all just hey, I. It's I, both. It is gamesmanship to a point. It's I mean, both. Let's not act like it's completely altruistic. It's Joe Burrow introducing himself to people that he's looked up to. Yeah, yeah. And it's also him just being Joe. I love Joe Burrow. I'm, <laughs> everything about Joe. Burrow. I know that he's an LSU. You can guy go to the NFL blah, blah, blah. Films Twitter account. They obviously had people hyped up, they mic'd up for the Super Bowl. And it has a video of him introducing himself to Von Miller, attempting to introduce himself to Aaron Donald, 
and to Eric Weddle, the uh, the, the safety, in- including telling Errol, Eric, I really enjoyed watching you play when I was growing up, which is a little bit of a good, hey, you're really old. But it but. was Eric Weddle's last game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was his last chance. Well, and they, like, had a little dialogue. It well, was, Eric Weddle yeah. clearly likes Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was cool. I liked it. Yeah. Aaron had no interest in him right then. Like, no, no, no. Not, uh, okay, yeah. He wanted to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Between that and the Van Jefferson scene at the end of the game, that that's really when they let you in like that. That just makes you want more of it. Right. Burrow's a star. Burrow has all the charisma in the world. I mean, Burrow is a superstar. He's so funny. Burrow's a superstar. He's got everything you could ever want to be a superstar. I had seen it. We're, I promise we're going to move on. I'm just kind of all over the place right now. I had seen it, obviously, throughout the season, but they're one of the few times where they make black-on-white work yeah. the Bengals. No, their uniforms are great. That's a look that typically is, is at the high school level or something. That's yeah. hard to pull off. It's a weird college look, but they made that be okay. I watched every Bengals game. Their uniforms are really strong. They pull off the orange uniform better than most people. Yeah. fair they that was that actually was a sneaky good uniform game the rams uniform well, the rams i was talking to Dylan about this i guess a couple days prior to the super bowl the rams had to get permission to wear that uniform because that's not technically their road suit their road suit is the bone and they had to get the alternate permission to wear the different suit but what it tells you is that no one is buying the bone sure and that they are phasing this in as their away uniform because nobody is actually buying the away uniform. As they should. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, and it was a dumb move anyway. Yeah. You have those colors and that color scheme, and you went for a primary uniform of bone. Just uh, wear the white. You know, and I've heard a lot of people say they prefer black on black. I don't. I like the black on the white pant with the stripe and stuff because it's just kind of, I, I think it's a good, clean look. It almost has like a baseball uniform. Like a, yeah, it. I love the Raiders black on silver. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just absolutely That's a great uniform. Perfect. But if you put the Raiders black on black pants, they would lose some of the pop. Yeah, the allure of it. Yeah. So, get into it because I don't know how long it'll be, and then we'll move on to a couple other things. There's nothing critical necessarily in basketball right now. Um, Ole Miss plays no. Georgia on Saturday. <laughs> No, there's nothing yeah. critical. Auburn was down eleven nothing last night. Uh for a minute. I saw that. They yeah. Bandy gave them a game, right? They did. Well, Jabari went for like thirty something. He was he was his best game of the year last year. Yeah, believe, believe me, I'm aware. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had his best night. Uh no no young person has ever been as excited about his team losing as Carson. Carson McCrady last night. There's a night. certain maturity in that. Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy goes for a triple double again. The nineteen-year-old rookie from Australia. Um, Trey Mann has another big game. The rookie from Florida. Mm-hmm. They lose, and Jabari goes off. He so it's like quite, it, it, it is like the perfect storm of anything, isn't it? Like, he was quite pleased, as opposed to the other night when they beat the Knicks in New York, and not pleased. Wins are not good. Wins where the rookies play great. I mean, w- losses when the yeah. rookies play great. That, that's cake. That's boy, you're you're right in the mainstream right there. It's pretty. It's actually a pretty mature approach on his part for a 15 year old. Yeah, I want to get in corral in a second. Before we do that, though, um, 
Alabama hires Derek Dooley as an analyst. So continuing the uh, the oh, the redemption tour. The redemption tour. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten though because I I didn't think we'd spend much time on it, but I just looked Dooley up to kind of get a little bit of a a refresher a little bit. I did not recall. I, I think he ended up doing the wrong thing, and I know money wise he hasn't. So let me re- look. He's made a ton of money. He is going to be perfectly fine. Derek Dooley has been the head coach of Tennessee, made money other places. He's he 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 made the right call from that way. But from a career success standpoint, I don't see Derek Dooley ever being some elite, high-level head coach again. I just don't. I mean, we'll see where he, what he gets to out of this analyst job. But I, I don't expect anything crazy. I'd be surprised. But he goes to Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. He goes 17-20 and 20 in his three seasons there. Goes to one bowl at basically 500 because he went 5-7. and seven, What do we mean 8-5? He went 5-7, and 8-5, and 4-8. and eight. He only had one winning season in Conference USA or the WAC or whatever the hell they were in at the time. Mountain West, I don't know, and gets the Tennessee job somehow. Which, looking back, other than his last name Dooley, I have no way in hell, no idea in hell how he got that job at that point. He had done nothing. weren't multiple people t- didn't multiple people turn that down? I, I no, I they ran out of time. Yeah, no idea. But the thing that's interesting is you go to some research on him, and for his first two seasons at Louisiana Tech, he was also the athletic director. He was the AD and the head coach at Louisiana Tech for two years. Yeah. He did a hell of a job as an AD. From a straight career path standpoint, he took the wrong gig. I actually think he would have been a really good athletic director didn't at his, a high level. Didn't his dad become an AD? He did, yes. At George after, yes. after he got through coaching? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. During or after, yeah. Like, you look at his, because it's Louisiana Tech, you look at his accomplishments and go, hey, three years. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Really good. Increased funding, did a complete overhaul of the athletics department. People there speak. In an alternate world, Derek Dooley would be like a Power Five elite athletic director right now. People there speak very highly of him. The guy. Not the football coach, but the guy. It's interesting. I mean, look. Connections, that stuff. He can't can't hurt himself by working for Saban. Well, no. You know, make a little money. Probably the right move. Yeah, why not? He's been at Missouri. Was he at LSU? He's been with the Giants. Yeah, he was in the NFL for a little while. He's bounced. Yeah. Just something I thought of. I don't know. I, I saw it. Went. Yeah. I, th- I think in an alternate world, he's in the wrong. You know, a different multiverse, and he's doing something different there. So, we're going to corral for a minute. There's a mock draft up yesterday, and I'm not going to go through the mock draft because, frankly, the names are not changing much right now. So that's a that's a waste of time here on the show. But it really won't change between the the, com- the, the, the combines. The, the combines. Days. Yeah. Then then it's, you start to get some real feel at that point. But the one thing I will say about it is that. We have completely locked into right now these three teams taking these three quarterbacks. That is what's become almost unanimous across the different mock drafts. Saints, Steelers, the and Redskins. Yeah, almost exclusively. They're taking Corral, Will, Willis, and Pickett in some order at that point. Okay. Even to the point that Todd McShay is hearing there's a very good possibility the, uh, the Steelers trade up ahead of the Saints to try to get their second choice oh. even what whatever washington does there so there's some talk about some movement in the middle of that first round to try to jockey for position among those three teams at this point um this mock draft has corral going to the saints it has uh malik willis going to the steelers and it has uh pickett going to the to the commanders at this point so mm. it took I'm, a second i meant commanders it, it took a second so you did at that time you said redskins didn't you I did. I did. did you? I did it intentionally. Oh, did you? Okay. See, I don't do it intentionally. I screw it up every time. I, I cannot. It will not go into my brain. 
It's like the Cleveland Indians. Well, that's going to take like five years. Well, changing to the Guardians, precisely what does that do for the pursuit of world peace? I mean, help. help. The Cleveland Guardians and the Washington Commanders, I swear it's, it is it is teams that were in like that movie, The Replacements. Like, it, it is the most like fictional TV made up team names of all time. I, I just, I, I can't. What do you think they did with like all the chairs and stuff that said Indians, like in the clubhouse and stuff? Like give them away, they sell them, they auction them off. What do you do with that kind of stuff? I guess do you, you recover all, them. I guess you all, well, you probably don't want them out there because they're so offensive, so would, right? So you would destroy you, them. Well, you would have to do something because the the name offended people to the point that it was hurtful. Yeah, right. Hurtful. We don't want to, and, and we don't want to inflict pain, emotional pain. So. Eric Edholm, Yahoo Sports, uh, covers the draft. As I, as I said yesterday, he was the first ever Oxford Exxon podcast guest a decade ago. He did not remember that. He and I rep- responded back and forth on Twitter for a minute last well, night. Eric's done did. a few podcasts and radio hits. <laughs> he said he would like a copy of it. I told him I had no idea how to, how to, how to achieve that for him. It was long gone in the in, into space right now, but I appreciated his time. I, I told him that he was in good company because his the first – he was the first guest, and our second guest was a professional bull rider who had tried to ride Bushwhacker, that bull that nobody ever rode in the PBR oh. for like five years or something. Things that I do not remember. You don't remember that? The guy was name was the guy's last name was Robison, like R I B or R O B I S O N, the cowboy. Right. I, I don't remember his first his, his number number's probably in my damn phone. It probably still, is. But um, yeah, so it was at home, and then the dude who tried to ride Bushwhacker um, was 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 what we what we were doing at that point. The PBR was coming to Tupelo, and I guess Bushwhacker was coming with it. Um, at home used to come on my radio show in Mobile. That's how far back I go with him. I mean, he used to come on all the time. Mm-hmm. So he publishes a story on Matt Corral last night. Uh, Matt diving into some depression, some his issue with Tristan Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's son at, at Oaks Christian prior to transferring to Long Beach Poly stuff as far as what went through inside the program, earning trust of players, teammates. There was a lot of stuff in there. It was um it was a well done story. Matt opened up a pretty good bit to Eric in that story. Um to the point that I wasn't even hundred percent sure. I kinda wanted to steal it and load it into our system, but I don't know if we still can do that with Yahoo stuff or not. We used to could, but I didn't know. I think we still can. I think we still can. I started to do it and I wasn't hundred percent sure. Uh Yahoo is still Technically, our they are cutting company. your checks. They are. So, thank God, and I appreciate that. Yahoo, yes. thank you. Yes. So, move on. I am appreciative of you. No, no, no. You're. you're... I was about say to say it. something. I know no, you. You don't want me to say it. Okay. Uh, which says something. If you're telling me, if I'm telling you that you do not want me to speak, the sentence that was coming out of my mouth. Uh. So anyway, I have no idea. You'll have to tell me later. No, I'll tell you later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was an unfair thing to some people, if I'd said it. So the story comes out last night. Obviously, people enjoyed it. Uh, well, it that's never there. stopped us before. Well, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in there. but And I know where you're going, so I'll set you up and let you go there. You and I just very, very briefly discussed this prior to hitting the record button. But the synopsis of it is that it is an indictment and a frustration when he was here for this long, and that is where that story gets published yesterday. Yeah, it's a great story. Eric is a terrific reporter. It speaks volumes for his talent that I presume Eric and Matt did not know each other prior to that conversation, that Eric was able to get that level of information out of him, an intimate level of information out of out of Matt. 
So first of all, it speaks volumes to his talent. I think it's important to put that out before I say the other. Yeah, sure. He's a gifted reporter, always has been. He's covered the NFL for a long time, knows a lot of people, et cetera. He's done a great job. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big fan of Ed Holm. In fact, when Ed Holm comes out with NFL draft stuff, I look at it and go, okay, that's probably right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like Stuff might change, but if he tells me, hey, the Bills are probably are, are really looking strongly at player X, I'm like, hey, the Bills are looking strongly at player X because mm-hmm. it's sourcing that is someone in the Bills organization. Sure. But it is an indictment on our beat. It is. That we were around this kid for four years and never got anything close to that. Even though I think we all knew there'd been this transformation on Matt Corral. And at least I suspected, I'm sure others did too, because I'm not the only person that has a working brain. Hey, you know, something probably happened. It was probably a moment or or, or a, something happened here beyond football. Yeah. I woke up one day and I'm motivated. Yeah. The things, things, Matt was too different of a person to go, oh, it's just Lane Kiffin. I mean, come on, nothing against Lane Kiffin, nothing against Jeff Lebby, but give me a break. It had to be more than that because he completely kind of transformed in front of our eyes. And it's an indictment on our entire beat. It is that nobody ever said, you know what, I'm going to do a deep dig into this. Now, I tried to get in touch with his mother routinely over the last two years and it just didn't work. Well, that's the only. It's not even a defense, but that's the only thing. I mean, as far as I'm aware, there could have been some. If there is another quote in here, I apologize because it's not a shot at Eric. I don't mean it that way. I think it's a one source story. I think it's just Matt yeah, talking. It is. Um, so that requires Matt, which which does gets to my second. So it gets to my second point. Yeah. This is my and, and look. I think the world's changing. We can dive into this in a minute. Um, well, yeah. My it's it's frankly it's a fascinating topic that people would love the inside baseball part of it. Um. You you just can't get a one-on-one these days without some sort of NIL tie. Now, that is what it is. That's not me bitching about it. It just is what it is. And Matt's NIL price was exorbitant. And um, But nobody ever got that story here. And it is abs- it's an indictment on us. And it's also, frankly, frankly, this is, the, this is my criticism of Ole Miss here. This was a guy that you wanted to become a Heisman candidate. And you let a part of the story that would have gone national mainstream fast not get told during his senior year. Mm-hmm. Now, perhaps that's because Matt didn't want it told. Well, because in – But he told it now. And is the reason because of draft? Let's get this out here. Let's go ahead and whatever before the interview. Yeah. So let's go ahead and go. The yeah. agent goes, hey, look, you need to do this. Yeah, like, you need to do it. that is certainly possible. Sure. Because Matt, frankly, didn't want local NILs. He set numbers right. that were so expensive that it didn't even make it willing for to be asked. Well, and privately told people that was why he put that number out there. Yeah, everybody kind of made fun of the number, but the number was very real. As in, no, they'll just I, I'm not doing it. I don't want to sit. And down. if somebody's willing to do that, well, then sure. Okay, right. Yeah, that was why Matt Corral had whatever that number was on that appearance fee thing. What was it? It was like it was hundred thousand yeah, dollars. I don't know, but it was <laughs> it was very high. Where you went? I laughed at it when he did it. I mean, I, I appreciated it at the time because it was so transparently. It was like wearing a t shirt. I mean, if y'all are dumb enough, yeah, then okay. I, I mean, if you'll really do that, then sure. But <laughs> your guess would be agent driven. That'd be my guess, or. 
draft emphasized, I guess we should say. My guess is that he knew it was – here's my guess is that these clubs, especially at that position with the first-round pick. Well, that's a good point. I mean, he didn't give it to Ole Miss either. I mean, Ole right. Miss would have run it had, the, had they sure. gotten it. Well, if they could have gotten it. No, stop, Neil. Stop. Let it go. Um, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> My guess is that he knew these clubs. Like, if you're the Saints, if you're the Steelers, if you're the Commanders. Yeah. I literally want, I started to say Commodores. Okay. Commanders. If you're the Commanders, which, by the way, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bizarreness to the name Commanders replacing Redskins, oh. if you think about it. There he is. I mean, anyway, if you're one of those clubs and you're going to use a first-round pick on a quarterback, right, and you're going to presumably make that person, if all goes well, the face of your franchise, and if all doesn't go well, you're going to get fired because of this guy. You're going to know everything. They go way beyond hand size and ability to throw. and You're going to know everything about this guy. What, what makes you tick? What are your things? What are your vices? What are your what are your what's your weirdness? I mean, you're diving in. You're hiring. You're hiring people to dig into everything, not to expose it, but just so you know it. Like if he's got some weird, I'm not talking about Matt here, just anybody. He's got some weird fetish thingy, mm-hmm. and you think that might ever get out. You want to be in front of it. You need to know, not because you're judging or whatnot, but just because you need to know. Hey, if this ever comes out, we're ready for it. This is the face of our franchise. Like, if you're the Bengals, you want to know everything about Joe Burrow. Like, does he, do you bite your fingernails? Seriously. Is that going to get into a quick and then you throw the ball? Well, not even that, but are you going to, you know, are you doing it on TV yeah. where people start doing something? What, do you, what, what are your things? What are your bad habits? You want to sure. know everything. So, if one of the things was, hey, I dealt with some pretty severe depression in college, got some help, whatever. Okay, cool. We need to know that, though, you know. So, and if that's going to get out, like if a club's going to put something out in an attempt to hurt his stock, so that they can get him later, and this is the NFL. Yeah, right? yeah. there are no rules with the draft. Just need the dude. So if 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 that's the case, you um, you want to be ahead of it, and so maybe he and his agent said, "Hey, let's let's get out in front of this story in the event that." Because if it's coming up in interviews, it's going to get out. There's too many Eric Edholms who cover the NFL who are going to get stuff like that if they're because they're, they're good and they're sourced and they talk to a lot of people and they have a lot of resources to I mean look if if Eric needs to go fly to Phoenix to talk to the Cardinals, Yahoo says, yeah, just put it on the card. Yeah, sure. So it, it can get done. So that's probably what it was. It speaks volumes for Matt. I've always thought that about Matt. I mean, you you go back and forget the fight in the end zone. Just the way he behaved to the guy that we covered the last two seasons, especially last season, totally different person. I mean, you know, I mean it was what you expect out of your kids, right? You you expect when you send your, send your kids it's off to college. Almost like kids grow up. You expect when you send your kids off to college that they're going to grow up. I mean, I'm watching it. I mean, you know, my oldest child is a completely different girl than she was the day that we moved her into Reed Hall in, what was that, August of 19? Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a totally different person now. I mean, 
just changed because you've been on your own and you've been forced to deal with some things and grow up and 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 all of that stuff. And so I'm sure that Matt's the same way. But I but I think it was kind of a profound deal for him to realize that he didn't really like it that much. And you know, if you've ever played football at any level, I don't care if it's middle school. Is one thing is true about Jeffrey used to say this, and it's exactly right. No one has ever gone to football practice and said, this is the greatest thing ever. Friday night? Yeah, absolutely. Saturday afternoon? I can only imagine. Yeah, sure. But like Tuesday? Yeah, no. Nobody ever goes, man, Tuesday, football practice, man. Football practice. <laughs> yes, sir. You can have fun at baseball practice. You can have fun at basketball practice because you'll scrimmage. Football practice, drills, inside drills. Well, it shows you how screwed up is I was watching a Twitter conversation with Andy Staples the day, and they're talking about Oklahoma, and Andy was like, no, Oklahoma's the reward. And I'm like, hold on. The reward in practice is to run full speed into one another. No. That's the reward. No. Like, so it tells you, like, the it's a different level of, yeah, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Because the, the sucky part is the sprints and the crawl and the, the just the heat and the days. Yeah. And the, the damn constant of it. Yeah. I mean, Carson and I were Guys talking. on day one of fall camp are pumped up. Guys on, like, the first day of week three are going, oh, God. Yeah. There's a week left. Make it stop. Yeah. Are we ever going to get there? It's not like baseball. You know, you take a little BP. You hang out in the outfield with your buddies. It might get cold. Yeah, whatever. But you're out there and you're just, you know. I, mean, I was at baseball practice yesterday. They were not overstimulating anything. Like, it yeah. was just hanging you're out. out. There, just chatting. Playing a little grab ass with your buddies. Whatever. Then you go hit. You work on your hitting for a few minutes. It's cool. Yeah, like Jacob Gonzalez had shorts on pretty much the whole time I was there. He didn't even have pants on. Yeah, he just he got his swings in. Didn't really matter. Took some ground balls. Mike wasn't yelling at him to put pants on. Nah, you know, they've already worked on their coverages and stuff. It's The hay is in the proverbial barn. They probably have, a, probably have a hitting meeting yesterday or today where they'll talk about the pictures that they'll see. Yeah, Mike said today's video day. Yeah, they'll, over some they'll look at some stuff. It's just different. I'm not criticizing. This is not a criticism. It's just different sports. Like I think soccer practice gets tedious. All the drills and the stuff. I think it's, you know, that's a valid criticism because I kept trying to stop that. I I, I always say fall camp, and there's nothing fall about August camp. It's very simple. Preseason. It's camp. preseason camp. We always say fall camp. There is nothing makes- when you walk outside in Mississippi in August. <laughs> you know, there is never a fall. Never a moment that you go, hey, this kind of feels like fall occasionally, like maybe twice the whole month at like 9 o'clock at night, you get the fake. The breeze will be just have a hint of fall. I mean, and I do mean a whisper of a hint. Yeah. And you're like, well. Penetrating the stifling feeling. We're right? on the other side of summer. Yeah. But there's plenty of October days in Mississippi that are, that are 90 degrees. So stop with fall camp. <laughs> if there's going to be fall camp, then it needs to start in October. Otherwise, I'm writing the word preseason camp. No matter if they call it fall camp, if they label it fall camp, it's not fall camp. We have our seasons all in the wrong places anyway. I mean, baseball's cold for most of it, or at least half of it. Soccer's played in the dead of winter for a reason I'll never understand. Peyton did confirm to me something I had long suspected about Ole Miss, that you're not allowed to use the word cold. Oh, yeah, no, no. It's a four-letter word. Yeah. Snow, cold. There are four-letter words that... That are not allowed to be said. Yeah, there's recruiting to that. That no, that yeah. that word does not exist. You're in the South. Everything is warm. That is the answer all the time. Um, 
I think we had a kid, I think it was Christian Helsel, like a decade ago. He's from Pennsylvania. He's here for a little while. I might have been on that, on that College World Series team. And he was taking an official visit in from Pennsylvania, and they needed really good weather. And it's when we got the 12 inches of snow <laughs> that week in 11. And it was like, okay. He's like, well, shit, I can do this. Yeah, like, whoa, whatever. It's all, it's all, it's, it's all good. So. so what's this about the Big Ten? They working on a deal with NBC? Is that right? Yeah, which should just be music to the SEC's ears. What's the story? I've missed it this morning. Uh, I was it's working in Sports on a couple things. Journal. I believe their total new revenue could be over $1 billion. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Chase, this is inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm broken record at this point, so I will be brief. People keep saying, is it going to happen? Yes. When's it, I don't know when, but it's not if, it's when. The SEC and the Big Ten are going to swallow every relevant program. It's why if you're the ACC today, this arrogance of we'll wait till 2026 is really stupid. It's not, it's not, it's, it's just stupid. You should get in now while you can where it's harder for them to extricate you. Because the Big Ten and the SEC are going to make all of the money. All of the money. I mean, there's going to be like crumbs left over for other other people. But if you if you picture a pizza or a pie or whatever, the SEC and the Big Ten are getting all the slices. I mean, there might be some of like the 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 crust left over. Sure. Or you know, one of the teams might not like crust and they leave the crust on the platter. That's all that's going to be left. And that's why the and especially when the leagues, and I'm assuming the Big Ten, this is included in their contract. Maybe you're about to tell me. Yeah. But I'm I'm assuming that the Big Ten's deal with NBC is we will agree, if we agree on who it is, we will agree to just bake a bigger pie. And and, and I'm looking for that. I'm, I mean, that was in the SEC's deal, so there's no reason why that would not be in the Big Ten deal. Uh, it said NBC, NBC Sports expected to make a major push. The Big Ten command fees of up to $1.1 billion annually on the open market, said sources. They'd be the combination of the Big Ten along with its existing deal with Notre Dame football as the perfect one-two punch, said one source. With its $100 million per year deal with the NHL off the books, NBC has the cash and ambition to boost its college portfolio. Oh, I forgot about that. If I'm ESPN or Fox, I'm looking over my shoulder because NBC is going to go hard after the Big Ten. We don't comment on specific threat, blah, 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 blah. Sure. Um, the Big Ten is currently in an exclusive negotiating period with ESPN. CBS, which will lose the SEC football rights after the 2023-24 season, will also be particularly interested. In the Big Ten? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. In 2017, the Big Ten inked a six-year, $2.64 billion package that pays out about four forty per year. But in 2020, a new bar was set with the SEC's gargantuan 10-year, $3 billion deal with Disney that will commence in 2024. My guess is that they, <laughs> they agreed to build bigger pie. Yeah. Make a, just bake a bigger pie. Yeah. We'll, we all have to agree on who it is, yeah. but let's, we'll, we'll figure it out. The phone calls that are happening today behind the scenes are would be front page news. And no, I can't prove it, obviously, but I'm just telling you they're happening. Yeah, sure. Washington's on the phone. Oregon's on the phone. <clears throat> Clemson's desperate. That's not even a secret. Florida State's desperate. Their cha- yeah. their president admitted it. 
I mean, you're trying to figure how do you how do you land in one of these things because you are going to become obscure in five years or less. So we mentioned Corral a minute ago, and obviously, yeah, 2019 with the Plumlee situation and whatnot. And I, and I mean this completely seriously, not in just even in the slightest. I'm really happy for John Rice. Get to a place where he can. I think he's going to find kind of a new tenure. He's going to be able to just kind of be himself a little more. He's not going to be bogged down by some of the requirements and expectations that were going on here. Um, and I'm seeing this as in the fans embracing him quickly because I, I just stumbled on this when I was looking for something. Well, actually, it was recommended in our in our YouTube feed, and I clicked on it. So I'm assuming this is the UCF rival site, actually. Is it UF, UCFsports.com? Is that correct? I think that is correct with Brandon Hedwig. That's correct. So they put a ton of YouTube video interviews up. And I was looking at their press conference of their transfer portal interview day. Gus Malzahn, 2.7 views. And then players, they stem between Kobe Hudson, who's a big deal for them, 1.4 all the way down to Chip Lindsey, the offensive coordinator, at 1.1, 948, 561, 646. John Rice Plumley, 3.4 thousand. So John Rice with an extra 20% more than Gus Malzahn on, on signing day yeah. from, a, from a video standpoint. Former, former SEC quarterback. Yeah. Super nice kid. Yeah. Very, very good with media and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Just saw it and went, he's going to be all right. He's going to do well. I think it's a – I hope he gets a waiver for the baseball season. I haven't heard an answer on that because, frankly, it makes no freaking sense why he doesn't. Stupid. Because the number of – I hope he's on the field in two It's weeks. not even precedent. Just the number of people that – there aren't that many people who play both sports. So you're, you're, you're not creating a path for a chaos. No, I think he'll do well. And I hope he does well. Because yeah. his deal turned into a – he became the butt of the joke sometimes, and it was like, no, 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 you're missing the point. It's Ole Miss that's forcing this, not John Rice Plumley. Mm-hmm. It was Lane that forced it. The Saturday picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah That sure. wasn't John Rice coming up to the football coach going, hey, can I do – can we do a picture? It was Lane doing that with John Rice. Mm-hmm. I mean, being honest, it's fine. It was funny, whatever, but – Always sensed, and I think I was proven right, that not everybody around that was thrilled with it. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm airing dirty laundry. Nobody did anybody wrong or anything like that, but it was just kind of, yeah. You know, I've lost my job as the quarterback. I'm not really playing as a receiver because that's not what I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm still one of the faces of the program when it doesn't really make sense for me to be the face of the program. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's he's he is definitely practicing with the baseball team. I just don't know what his game eligibility situation is. I know they were trying to get him immediately eligible, and well, I, I certainly hope he gets. to I don't play. know. I've kind of been off that beat. I haven't looked into it. He gets I, to be young one time. You don't want to lose a baseball. Season no, let him play. What, what what harm is done? I mean, who is harmed if you let John Rice Plumley play baseball for Central Florida? Where's the harm? Can you show me any harm to anyone? I mean, I guess whoever loses, loses side bats. Yeah. But that person doesn't lose a scholarship. I mean, who who loses? Nothing is harmed. Mm. He's not taking a scholarship because he's on football scholarship. Mm. So he's not taking from the 11.7. No, there's, there is no harm. That's, this is what drives me crazy about the NCAA. 
They, they claim to be all in for the student athlete. And then in a situation like this, they show that they're not. Well, there's a bylaw. Just, yeah, stamp it. Yeah. If he's out running around in left field or center field for UCF, no one is harmed anywhere. And he, the student athlete, is aided because he gets to do something he loves to do. And that's what we, we're told that's what this is all about. Yeah, UCF's baseball team's fine. They actually took two out of three from Ole Miss last year in Oxford. It was a sign of things. I'm kidding. <laughs> it meant nothing, actually. It was meaningless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they will play again in Orlando in two or three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Or two weeks. So it's Charleston Southern this weekend. VCU next weekend. Arkansas State on Tuesday. Correct, yes. Then VCU next weekend. Then UCF on the road. Then UCF on the road. And then Oral Roberts back here. And then after that, league play. After that, league play. Ole Miss opens with Auburn, Auburn on the road. At Auburn. Gotcha. It, the first half of the schedule is – I mean, I was talking to Nick Suss and we were walking out of the stadium yesterday, and and he called it a two-decade type favorable schedule. And it, it, it is. I mean, Ole Miss, you can get lucky with your East teams. And look, it's on paper. Maybe it's my surprises or whatever. But between the non-con being pretty soft yeah. comparatively – and not just the teams you play, but kind of the order you do them. Because they get Alabama, Auburn, and Kentucky in like the first four weekends of league play. I mean, you, you really there's, have a chance to build a resume early. There's, there's pressure to build that resume. Well, there is. No, you drop yeah. a couple of them and you go, hey, look, that's a yeah. problem. Because I got State, and I got Arkansas, and I got some of this stuff coming. But the schedule... You the second half of the season where you could play really well and still lose games. Yeah, it's, it's an incredibly manageable schedule. And what the NCAA selection committee has shown you is that league wins kind of will trump everything. If you put the really big SEC win number, they'll, they'll reward you for that 90% of the time. And they don't necessarily, um, you know, um, resonating on all of our non-con weekend series are NCAA teams. Um, well, VCU had like a 30 RPI last year. I don't know what would be back. I, I know nothing about Oral Roberts. Sorry. I got nothing. You all right? Yeah, yeah I, nothing. Okay. My, my knowledge stops somewhere. Uh, is that two, Tulsa? Yeah, something that is correct. I knew it was Oklahoma. Um, I don't know where, though. So, Mark McMillan, the head coach at Charleston Southern, was the Ole Miss assistant for seven years here, played at Ole Miss. I think he might have been on that 95 team. He has gone into Mississippi hard, two of their weekend starters, at least some ties, including their Saturday starter. I think he's going to throw on Saturday, Caleb Hill, a left-hander that signed with Ole Miss out of high school, was here as a freshman. I really liked him. I thought he was incredibly good his first fall. I thought there was a big ceiling there with him. Um, so that'll be a little interesting. So that's got Saturday. that's got internet meltdown. Right yeah, now. I, like when I when I saw the rotation, I went, "Oh shit, okay." Yeah, I know. Oh god. Um, so I know he's one day this weekend, and then one day this weekend is a uh, a kid from Lewisburg High School that was at state and then transferred to Charleston Southern. Lewisburg up. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I, I don't again. I I don't it's know his name. Big ass school. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, apparently. Just like in the farmland, <laughs> it was like, hey, let's build a school, and then the neighborhoods built up around. It's crazy. Anyway. I was told yesterday there's been a big push to get to 7A in Mississippi. That is true. Yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah. Because there was talk about Oxford going 7A. Yeah, some of the smaller 6A schools annoyed because they're competing against schools that have a 1,000 more students than they do. Yes. Yeah. It's an issue. Yeah. Well, yeah, duh. I mean, you, I mean was, you see it on the fields. Yeah. The example I was told yesterday was Grenada was gripe. It was like, hey, look, this is ridiculous. 
Yeah, because Grenada has a hard time competing with Oxford. Mm-hmm. And then when Oxford goes and plays Madison Central or Tupelo, I guess they've done pretty well. Yeah, Tupelo done, yeah, it's just it's, but Tupelo is the largest school in the state, right? It's big. I don't know. I don't know if it's the largest or not, but it's big. Um, I wrote this yesterday. I'll have some content coming like in the next couple of hours, and then stuff leading up to opening day tomorrow. But pitch counts: uh, McDaniel Diamond, both in a perfect world. No, look, you're not gonna leave them out there and whatever. But ninety max ish. Mike said it's not a completely firm pitch count, but that somewhere around ninety. He's like, look, if it goes to ninety two, I'm not gonna lose my sleep over it. Um, said Gaddis will be somewhere around seventy five. He missed a week back during the spring, or sorry, he missed a week a couple weeks ago with a uh, some kind of lingering thing. He's fine, so he'll be seventy-five pitches ish, something, uh, something like that. Wrote Jacob Gonzalez did get his blonde dye job yesterday. He got that done at the parlor on Jackson Avenue. Oh. I really want the side thought there. Your video? I do not have video. Okay. I was just told that is where it, it got done. I'll take his word for it. <sighs> Wasted opportunity. Wasted opportunity. Could have put it on YouTube. You could have done it at the blow dry bar. Uh, they closed actually, right? Oh. Or they're, they're, I, the building is for sale. Oh, that's right. I yeah, saw we that. saw that on the message I saw board. that. Yeah, I haven't checked to see kind of what's going on. but uh, the, We the, could have bought it and then done it there. Turn it in the studio. I have a feeling that real estate would be a little more expensive than we need for, for a studio. So. Just got a hunch. Yeah, I thought Tupelo was the largest. Um, I thought that was that was right. So, that's look, a big school. Yeah. Tupelo is like a college campus. Yeah. Oxford's becoming that. It, yeah. They, uh, but anyway, they're healthy. Charleston Southern tomorrow. I mean, it's it's a series, obviously. Um, they have barely anyone back offensively. It's a lot of new dudes. Uh, I, I love this question every time, and it's not making fun of other media members because they're new. They don't realize this. But Mike doesn't look at anything until like the day or day before a game on an opponent. Like he's not going to have any idea. And the guy's like, "Hey, coach, what do you really like? You know, break down Charleston Southern." And he goes, "I haven't looked at it. No idea." He's like, I know a couple of their pitchers because whatever, but he's like, I got nothing. These well, early series aren't. Well, that's what he said. He goes, frankly, he goes, it's about us. He goes, yes. it's not about them. He goes, it should always be about us, but it's definitely about us right now. He goes, it's not about Well, that. I mean, he's going to know the Mississippi State starter because he's seen him before. He's going to know the kids at LSU and Arkansas and stuff like that, but come on. <laughs> Look, the truth is <laughs> you want to win these series and you need to win these series, but – SEC teams, their fate is determined by what they do in those thirty games. The other stuff, ha- the other stuff factors. But if you in. play well, you're going to win. Yes, I mean the, the other stuff factors in. But what you do in those thirty games is the meat of your resume. There is a hellaciously large talent gap between Ole Miss and Charleston Southern tomorrow. Yes. So if Ole Miss just plays well, you win the game. You win and you the move game. on. Yeah. He's more worried about where Derek locates and his velocity and him than, oh, God, what's that guy going to do with the outside pit? Just like Mark's not obsessed with winning these games. He no. wants to see his kids compete. Gives them an oppor- Just gives them a day, an opportunity. Because I, I asked Mike that. I said, hey, you play a lot of former assistants. And he was kind of like, he's like, I know it's your storyline. I'm not really being a jerk. He goes, I know the guy, and we said we'd play. Like, there's sure. no extra element well, to it. Right, if you're Mark, if you're trying to recruit Mississippi, you we'll, we'll get you some home games. Yeah, we'll show you that you we try to play Memphis and State yeah, and Ole Miss. Where mom and dad and grandma and everybody can come to the game. It's, it, it works out for everybody. Sure, Ole Miss has got to play somebody, so play them. Oxford's the fifteenth biggest school, so they're right that? in the well, and, and in that rule, they would be they would go to seven A. Really? Because I, Oof. I think they were trying to put twenty four in seven A and twenty four in six A and oh. make it more regional. I think that was the way they were trying to do it. 
Kind of last thing here. Uh, so I've been traveling to Memphis a lot. That's what I you're have saying. Yeah. yeah. Jay Billis, I guess it was Jay Billis, maybe not. Yeah, it's Jay Billis. He says there are eight teams who can win the NCAA National Championship in basketball this year. Okay. I thought that was interesting. Auburn, Kentucky. Yeah, hold on. Tennessee. Let me make sure this is the list. Gonzaga. Hold on. Duke. I just, I don't want to, he's got everybody ranked, but I want to make sure I have the correct ranking. Yeah, I know. Maybe Purdue. Providence. He's talking about foul calls. I don't really know what that's about. His top eight are Gonzaga, Auburn, Kentucky, Arizona. Oh, yeah, Arizona's good. Purdue. Yeah. Baylor. Nah. Duke and UCLA. Okay. It's Kansas at nine. I like both Kansas and Providence better than I like UCLA. He has Providence, 13. Yeah. Has Illinois, 12. Houston, 11. Villanova ten. Yeah, I don't like Houston. Villanova's That's Tennessee Villanova's fourteen. Good. Yeah, Tennessee's coming though. Tech fifteen. Ohio State sixteen. Where's he got Arkansas and Alabama? I'm curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling. Murray State twenty three. Huh. Wyoming twenty four. LSU twenty five. Yeah, they're talented. The Tigers have lost six of ten, but remain the best defensive team in the SEC. They're more nationally adjusted defensive efficiency. But labors to score. Five and four versus quad one teams, five and two against quad two. They can defend with the very best, but defense alone never wins championships. In the end, the offense will determine the ending for this team, score efficiently, and they can beat anyone. Alabama 28. Mm-hmm. Arkansas at 30. Mm-hmm. UAB at 33. And he's got a good team. You allowed to say that out loud? The Blazers look like they will be in the NCAA at large discussion, and rightly so. But Andy Kennedy's team must play better away from Birmingham. Recent losses at Marshall and Old Dominion are not helping the case. Right. What is helping the case is the play of Jordan Walker, the former Seton Hall and Tulane guard who erupted for 42 against Middle Tennessee. He would be fun to watch in the NCAA tournament, but UAB needs to get there first. <clears throat> yeah, I think they need to win their conference tournament. I think that would help a lot. Would get them in. Get them in. And then, and then they – they have the kind of team that could win a game. Memphis at 45. They're coming along. I was very critical of Penny Hardaway, and it looks like I'm possibly getting served from Crow. Florida at 52. That's not in. No, it's not in. And Who do they have this weekend? I've got it here. Um, they got Auburn at home. Ooh. Game they have to win. Boy. You get to that place. Hey, guys. <laughs> we're in as long as we beat Auburn. Yeah. Thanks, Coach. That's, hey, we're, we're going to make this play as long as we block Aaron Donald. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Cool. Looks good on the chalkboard. Now you got to block him. The Gators got handled by Kentucky on Saturday and fell to a desperate A&M group Tuesday night. They're going to have multiple good opportunities to build confidence heading into the postseason. Auburn Saturday, Arkansas February 22nd, and Kentucky will all be visiting Gainesville in the coming weeks. Oh. A chance for Colin Castleton to prove he's healthy and capable of leading UF on a late-season run. But you got to win those Dude, games. those are three games I don't think they can win. I think all three of those teams are going to out-tough them. Oh, and they're going to be so down on guard play compared to those three teams. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas's got good guard play. Auburn's got really good guard play when, they're, when they play right, and, and apparently they did last night because Jabari got shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I'm Bruce Pearl, I'm, I'm – on nights when I look at my box sheet and Jabari Smith has nine points on five shots or something, I, I just 
there's fires. I mean, I, he's he's not built that way, so it's like we're building for something. But holy God, the the, the paint would come off the locker room walls. You <laughs> don't have that type of talent in your program routinely. Just quickly, Alabama knocked off state last night, eighty to seventy five. Bulldogs really blow an opportunity in Tuscaloosa last night. Um, Nate Oates got thrown out. Did he? Yeah, two texts. LSU beat the hell out of Georgia, eighty four sixty five in Baton Rouge last LSU's night. LSU's figured it out. Georgia's now one in twelve in the SEC mm, heading yeah. into Saturday, and then ninety four eighty was the final. Auburn Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was uh, only down four at the break, and then Auburn outscores them by ten in the second half last well, Jerry's night. Jerry's done a nice job. They're not bad. Vanderbilt's not a good team, but they're not a bad team. They're okay. He's done a nice job. He really has. These Pippen went for 29 last night. And he's a very good player. Turns uh, out genetics matter. Jabari Smith, 10 of 16, 7 of 10 from 3, and went for 31 last night. 7 of 10 from 3. Yes. Oh, I, I love his game. Yeah, 10 of 16. As they, People do this thing. It's Smith and Kessler went for 31 and 22 last night. People do this thing about the draft, and they talk about Chet Holm- Holmgren – who's a very good player at Gonzaga. So thin, that would scare the hell out of me. Um, and they talk about Paolo Banquero at Duke, who I like as a as a good four, but I, I've never watched Paolo Banquero and thought uh, franchise face. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not Giannis or something. I love the kid, Ivy, at, at Purdue. He can light you up, but he's a, he's a 6'4 guard, mm-hmm. so he's a guard. Jabari Smith. Uh, if you told me one becomes a generational superstar, it's him. Has to be him. Virginia at 56. Been a weird year for Tony Bennett. State at 57. And that is it from an SEC standpoint. He he, he just ranked 68, the 68 best teams in the country. Yeah, A&M's off that list. Yeah. So, there's that. They will look, A&M will look back on that three-game stretch against Kentucky – Arkansas and I can't remember who else where they let really close games get away and go. That's where we lost our season. Mm-hmm. So. All right, uh, we will uh, have a show to you here in a little while. Um, I don't know exactly what time it will be, but it will not be late. Yeah, we're not um, doing a live show tonight. He's got something going on. I've got something going on. Uh, but we are going to give you a show. We'll put it in YouTube. We'll put it in. Um, we'll put it in podcast form. You're talking, can you talking to Carl? Yeah, I'm talking to Carl Lafferty in like 25 minutes. He's going to talk to Carl Lafferty. I'm going to talk to Chris Lee of Southeastern 14. We're going to dive into the. We've done a lot of Ole Miss baseball. I know there's a lot of college baseball fans in our thread, so we'll we'll do we'll talk about some of the other teams teams that Ole Miss will encounter over the course of the season. Uh, we'll also do a pretty deep dive into SEC basketball with maybe some coaching rumors, some stuff heading into the tournament. So it'll be pretty topical. Uh, show for you guys a lot of Ole Miss baseball a lot of SEC baseball and some SEC basketball as well so that coming up here uh, here in a little bit we'll let you know when that's up on the board and in YouTube and we'll talk to you again soon